Hey, Matt Harmless here. This is the sermon for November the 22nd, 2020. Uh, we did have another issue with recording, so it does sound distant. Um, we had the recording picking up through the wrong microphone. So um, sorry about that. Uh, hopefully we'll have this solved for next time. In the meantime, I hope that uh, you can still at least understand what's being said. Lord, I pray that you would show up Lord, I think of others who are sick. Lord, I know there were others that were mentioned even today. And I'm trying to remember who they were, Lord. But I just pray that you'd be with those who are struggling with health issues and job issues and, and uh, just life issues and all the things that are being thrown at us. Uh, it seems like sometimes on a daily basis. Lord, I know that we joke a lot about 2020, but you knew this was coming. And Lord, you knew what we would face. And God, I pray that you would carry us through to completion. God, I do thank you now for this church, and I pray that you would bless the rest of the time that we have together this morning. In Christ's name, amen. All right, before I start, anybody, uh, I've got a few more. Of the, actually, I've got a stack of them up here. So for those of you that don't know what these are, this is the gospel. This is just Luke, and on one page it's got the words of Luke, and the other page it's got a place to take notes. So uh, we bought these for you guys. Uh, the church bought these for you guys, and so if anybody would like one, we've got, look at this. We got a stack of them, so don't be shy. If anybody, if you just want to look at one, you can look at one. Anybody just want to look at one and think about it? Anybody? Anybody? Don't look at one right here. There you go. Anybody else? If you change your own. There you go, Pop. Um, all right, so. Uh, also, I, I need to say things like this because if not, um, I'll be thinking about it. So maybe like why the taxi mat up here? Okay, so I made a mistake. We did this construction of the dust. I thought to myself, I need to get the dust off of this thing because I was vacuuming in here and vacuuming the chair, which I vacuumed the chair like literally like vacuuming the chair. Um, but then I made the mistake of using like, and I know you, everybody, most you're gonna laugh at me because you already know where this is going. I sprayed the dusting spray and wiped it, and so this is like. <laughs> So I may, if I venture outside of my little rug here, I might slip off the side. So um, if you want something to go viral, just keep your phones ready. If you see me getting close, be like, yeah, you gotta stay on the boat, right? All right. Um, oh, one more thing. I don't want my clicker. Does anybody know where that's at? Is that here? No, I have no idea where it's at. Sam, you looking for it for Sam, if you don't see it, can you uh, just stand back there and click when I point at you? I don't see it back here. No idea. I didn't realize it was missing because it's the exact moment. Uh, welcome to Edgewood. Do we have our act together? No, we do not. All right. Let's jump in. Sam, I'll tell you um, We're studying the gospel according to Luke. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1 today, verses 46 to 56. This is the fifth message from Luke. Oh, find it? No, he's looking. Um, fifth message is from Luke so far. Oh, no, did you find it? Just looking. We can't concentrate if you're walking around. I don't know if I can do that. 
For those that are new to working your way through a book of the Bible, this is a grand opportunity for you to do that. So this is just, we've just started. Any message you've missed, we have those online. You can catch up. Just, we're studying a book of the Bible together. And I will say, for those that uh, haven't been here, there's something about Luke. I genuinely believe, and I know that those that have been here, I hope would testify to this reality. I genuinely believe that God has led us to Luke. Because he wants to reintroduce who he is to us. Okay? Jesus, if you don't know, is amazing. The Savior of the world, the Messiah. Absolute hero of the world. It's him. And there is no other. We are a group of, as Real frankly, all churches are on different, and, and this is not an accusation to the other churches. I know that there, there are some churches that you, you might go to, you might be able to put on that, like we got our act together. I praise God, we don't do that. Right? Uh, I think about that during the praise and testimony time, we're just like, I'm screwed up. Right? They all are. They may not realize. That's why this person is so important. He's our Savior. We're getting to know him. We're in the middle of a current story this particular week. The story started a few few weeks ago, and we're just we're, we're still in chapter one of Luke, and this is the fifth one. But there's just so many amazing little things we're encountering. The current story we're in included this this idea of Zachariah and Elizabeth. This older couple, past childbearing days, they uh, an angel comes and visits Zechariah, and if you don't remember that story, you can listen back. I'm tempted to retell the whole thing, but if we don't have time to retell all of these. Angel comes, uh, visits Zechariah, tells him that, that his wife is going to conceive. She does. This is reminiscent of some old stories in the scriptures, one in particular the story of Hannah. You can read about Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 to chapter 2, verse 11. You want to read the story of Hannah? That's going to be important in just a minute. So we're put that little line. Okay, Hannah. Sorry, Hannah. That's important. Hannah was also a barren woman. An angel visited her. She also had a child. Like I said, that story you can read it in First Samuel chapter one, verse one to chapter two, verse eleven. I'm going to read a bit of it for you in just a moment. When you get to the end of her story, she oddly will. Oh, we're already on the right job. He's one step ahead of you though. Uh, we get to the end of the story, and in chapter 2, it goes into this prayer that Hannah prays. It's recorded for us, almost like a song. It's very poetic in nature. Okay, And so we get to that, and we're gonna, we'll read it here in just a minute. Let me throw a couple of things into this story. There's another person in our story that we're dealing with, and that is Mary. Okay, Now you probably know the name Mary. Mary is the mother of Jesus. She, her story is a little bit different. She's not an old, older, barren woman. She's a very young woman, possibly as young as 12 to 13 years old. Okay? The angel visits her and says, you will conceive by the Spirit of God. And you're going to give birth. That, that doesn't happen. I don't know if you guys know that or not. A virgin will conceive. That had been prophesied earlier that that would happen. She hears the story, believes it, 
sets off to go see her relative Elizabeth. On the way there, it's probably a, anywhere from a three to four day, day journey, possibly a five day journey. We talked about this last week. If you didn't remember last week, I'd encourage you to do so. Three to four day journey, she gets down there. And I think that that journey, that played a part in last week's story, but I'm going to tell you right now, I think it plays a part in this week's story as well. All right? So can I theorize for a moment? Can I theorize? I think you have to enter into this story to really understand what's happening and what goes on in Mary's story and what Hannah has to do with this and Elizabeth. I think you kind of have to think about, like, enter into these events. Do you guys have imaginations? Yeah? You, you ever have your imagination go wild in the wrong way? How about, how about when, um, for those of you that have kids, how about, how about when uh, your, your child was supposed to be home at a certain time and they haven't and they haven't texted? What, does your imagination take off right then? And go wild? Like the, your imagination, like if your brain was a stagecoach, your imagination is the one like, oh, yeah! Right? Okay, well, let's use the, that imagination in, in a different direction. Okay? Think about Mary for a second. Try to imagine that, if you will. Young girl. Is told she's going to conceive is told that she's going to bear a child that's going to be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. She believes it. She's told that her relative is also going to conceive in her old age. Mary would have known very much the story of Hannah. And I can't help but think that that may, in fact, it's quite possible that Mary, as a as a young Jewish girl, not only would have known the story of Hannah, maybe even had Hannah's prayer, that song, memorized, at least to some degree. And so I imagine her setting off. Now, I know some of you have taken some long trips, like you drive to Indy, and you're like, that's forever! <laughs> right? No. Some of you drive across the country, like, that's just... Imagine three up to five-day journey, possibly, in this particular case, walking. Right? We always imagine her later riding the donkey. We, we, all we know is she took a three- to five-day journey down from the, the northern end of Israel down to the southern end of the hill, the hill country, the country of Judea, from her backwoods town of Nazareth to the hill country of Judea to see this relative that she had heard by an angel was going to be pregnant. She goes, I gotta see this. Not in doubt. There's no hint of doubt. But she sets off. Imagine taking that journey. Where, where could her imagination have gone? <laughs> How are people going to react to me? I mean, it's one thing for her, her relative Elizabeth. I mean, that's going to be this miraculous thing, and everybody's going to be like, that's a Hannah. Like her story. Me. Imagine walking the dust, right? The road. Maybe having hours on end where you're not talking to anybody. You ever have those times where you, there's nobody to talk to and you're just going through your head? It could look like this. It could look like this. It could look like this. I think that what Mary did instead. I'm not the only one. 
I was thinking about this and I ran across one of my commentaries uh, said the exact same thing. It's quite possible that Mary on her four days journey to Elizabeth was pondering Hannah. Pondering those stories of old. I think you'll see why in just a moment. Let's read Hannah's prayer. Now I want you, I'm going to read this. And I want you, I'm going to ask a question afterwards. Okay? I know you may not be used to this, but I'm 19 year school teacher, right? So sometimes I do this, okay? Take it easy. It's okay. I won't put you on the spot. I'm going to read this. It's going to be up there as well. All I want you to do as I'm reading it is to ask your, like, just think, what, what sticks out to you in this prayer? Okay? Just, just ask yourself, what's, what, what jumps out at you? I'm not looking for a specific answer. No one thing that, like, I hope they catch that. Okay, that, that's not going on. It's just what, what jumps out at you, okay? So let's read through this and say I'm happy to click through this as I read. This is 1 Samuel chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Hannah has had uh, her child Samuel at this point. He's gotten older enough now that she's brought him to back to the temple to, to spend his life there. She's handing him over into the temple for that purpose. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord. There is, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. By him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol, that's the grave, who works the grave and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ashy to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, and the boy was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. Alright. As you were listening to that, anything, anything jump out at you? Yes? God's in control. What's that? God's in control. Yeah, did you? There's several different ways that that was said, wasn't there? Yeah. What else? Anything else jump out at you? Yes. Um, I heard uh, <clears throat> that um, the gratitude of enlightenment that a child might experience upon seeing or hearing something for the first time. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. God makes His grace sufficient for all our needs. Good. Anybody else? Just what jumped out at you? But they do not just the word to think about what where she's at. Totally surrender to God. That's good. Anybody else? 
Let me ask you this. Okay, now that is where I ventured. Did you, did you hear any, for lack of a better term, did you hear any reversals happening? <clears throat> you know what I mean by that? The, the, the hungry weren't hungry anymore. And those that were full, they were. Did you hear some of those things in there? And these became here, and this went, right? A great overturning or upending. You may not know this, but Hannah had through her life been, there, there, there's, uh, in the text talks about there had been some deriding of her for her lack of childbearing for all those years. And now she's, her child is one that was promised and she's given back to the Lord. Your service God. Keep that on the back burner. Think about Hannah's prayer. Imagine, if you will, Mary on that day's journey, maybe going through that, maybe even thinking what's the same and what's different between Hannah and myself, and maybe Elizabeth, these are all these things, and this is this. And, and I have a feeling because we're going to get to uh, this week, it's called the Magnificat. Okay? That's the Latin word for um, the first word of Mary's song. So we're going to read Mary. And Mary. This story happened last week where this baby leaps for joy, and then she sings a song. She says this song to Elizabeth. I used to always think that was odd because I'm like, number one, who, who comes up with a song instantaneously like that? That's a pretty weird, rare thing. But the fact that she remembered it all the years later said that Luke could write it down and we could read it. I think. Now, we know that the Spirit played a clear role in this because it's in our scriptures, but I think that Mary was on her way formulating, without realizing it, what we're about ready to read. Okay? Philip Reichen, a commentator, he says, now Luke has, this is the first of four Christmas carols. Okay? So we're going to have Luke's um, story of Mary's Magnificat. We're going to have, uh, right after this, we're going to have Zacharias Benedictus, and we're going to have an angel song, Gloria. Uh, and then we're going to have Simeon's uh, song after that. These four Christmas carols were, lack of a better word, these are the last four of the Hebrew psalms and the first four Christmas carols to be recorded. Okay? So let's dig into this. And we're going to break this down. Sam, if you want to click through part one of this, and we're going to break down Mary's Magnificat. Part one is uh, she's going to praise, she's going to offer a praise for God's work for herself, for Mary. Uh, part two is going to be praise for God's work in everybody. So she's going to shift from herself to everybody. Part three, she's going to shift from everybody to specifically God's people, Israel. So let's unpack this a little bit, okay? So we're going to start unpacking this a little bit. we got some big ideas out here, and we're going to bring them down. Mary's Magnificat. Okay, let's dig into this. Mary said, this is, now remember, this is right after Mary sees her relative for the first time. Her sister or her uh, relatives walking up to her, and, and the baby leaps for joy in the womb. And Elizabeth goes, He just left for joy. Who am I to be in the presence of the mother of my Lord? And Mary's response is this coming off that journey. Okay? Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So now, for those of you that, like, as we start to dig in, right, we start to examine what this text is about. Uh, there's some parallelism in here. And so you can see that with my soul kind of matches up with my spirit, 
Right, this is a great way to think about how when you're reading a piece of poetry in the scripture, you're reading a song, you're reading any other type of uh, song that's been written or any type of poetry. Look for these parallelisms, how this kind of goes with this. It helps us understand those words, my soul, my spirit. Magnifies, what does magnifies kind of match up with? What is it parallel in this? My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices. So my soul kind of matches up with my spirit. What is what is magnifies kind of match up with? Re rejoices, right? And then uh, my the Lord kind of matches up with what? The Savior. Okay, can you see that? My soul, my spirit. Magnify. The word magnifies, it just means to, to lift up. Okay, to lift up. My soul rejoices. What is being said here, Mary, is like from the deepest, innermost part of my being, I'm praising God. Now, as you're entering into the story, I want you to think about Mary's situation. Again, think about who's saying it. She just got this news, and as amazing as it is, could her imagination have taken her down some tough, potential futures? I'm going to tell you what, she doesn't know the half of it. She doesn't know the half of it. But in this journey, she's starting to realize, I believe, she's starting to realize, praise the Lord. And when she finally sees and that this confirmation of this John the Baptist in the womb leaping for joy at the presence of the Savior, she just bursts out. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Right, next verse, verse 48. For he looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Again, do you think she's thought through? I think so. What, what is the initial reaction going to be to this unwed mother in that time period? <laughs> Good. Easy. What could potentially happen to her? Be killed, stoned to death. And yet here she goes, generations from here on out. Blessed. Blessed. Now, notice it says, for he has looked on the humble estate of a servant. I want to want that, that sounds like past tense. He, he looked like it happened. I want to teach them. So there's this tense of verb uh, in the Greek that's not, and this is not in the past tense. This is what is known as the aorist tense. Okay, so I apologize for a little Greek lesson, but this is super, super important. Okay, the aorist tense. One uh, Greek, uh, and I think the same if you click, one Greek, uh, if you want to click to the next slide, one Greek grammatician describes the aorist tense as one that presents an event in summary. Okay? I have that, yeah. Viewed as a whole from the outside without regard for the internal makeup of the occurrence. Okay, now you may be going, what? <laughs> it's okay, I always do. Next thing. What does that mean in normal English? Thank you. <laughs> Simply that a verb in the aorist tense describes an action without analyzing it further, just this action. And here's an example. When John 3.16 says God loved the world, you got that verse right? 
That love is not in the past tense, it's in the aorist tense, and describes an action without analyzing further. So when John 3.16 says God loved the world, the aorist tense merely reports what God did. It doesn't tell us when he started, or when he finished, or whether he ever stopped. <coughs> Daryl Bach, this next quote I'm going to have up here in a moment, he talks about this as well, because this aorist tense, the, the Greek scholars, they start to dig in, and they start to realize there's there's aspects of this aorist in and of itself, but when you start looking at the context, there's different versions of it. And so one of them is called the prophetic aorist. I know you're like, Matt, how does this trust? Me? Just stay with me another minute. I'm losing some of you. Like, it's okay, it's okay. The most satisfying approach is to take the aorist as prophetic aorist that is portraying the ultimate in times events. I just use this time figure. Okay, we need to know this picture. Uh, pop up the name. Okay, so this is a timeline. Okay. Uh, go ahead and do the next one. So here you have Mary. Shortly after that, Jesus is crucifixion. There we are over at us today. Future off into eternity. Okay, the past. When Mary says he looked, okay, this prophetic aorist, what I genuinely believe she is saying, is she's thinking how God has completely done it in the past. So there's a part of this that's looking back, for example, maybe with Hannah. God looked on Hannah's humble estate, right? God saw that. It happened in the past. She's also thinking about what's going on right now. God, this is something God does. But the prophetic aorist, the emphasis is on the fact that what God will do in the end, God is a God that looks at humble estates and takes them. And it's such a sure thing that Mary says it in such a way that for her, even though it's future and maybe even far off, for her it's already happened. Okay? So we, we sit here, we think of this, this is what she's doing. She's like, She's, she's looking and, and not just nearsighted at, ooh, this could happen, this bad thing could happen, this bad thing could happen. But the way this is set up, she's looking like this. There's a verse in Hebrews, chapter 12, where Abraham some about promises, and he had not yet received them. And it says this, it says that he looked, but he was beholding another country. This, this is the type of realization that that looks and it looks past what's going on because what's going on is confusing sometimes, isn't it? And chaotic. Mary's going, I can see through that, right? He's see through that. Down. See it. God looks on the humble estate. That's the God. Back to that verse. He has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, and this is why she did for now all generations will call him blessed. Why? She's seen through. She's seen through. This is an ultimate kind of realization. She's like, ultimately, and don't we get caught up in the non ultimate? Some of you are like, yes, every Monday. <laughs> this is terrible! Get it? Mary's setting up an example for us, though. What's she doing? 
I mean, things are fairly bleak. If she were to be looking at right now, what was she doing? Picture Mary. God looks at my humble self. Everybody's going to look back at this. She was blessed with God. Next verse. For he who is mighty has done great things. And here, once again, it sounds like almost like we're reading almost like past it. He has done. Well, as far as she knows, the, the great things haven't happened yet. She, she doesn't know yet until this exact moment that Jesus is already in. I mean, four days along, but she have known? I don't think so. I, I'm not up on knowing. Right? They didn't have pregnancy tests back then. And she said, I think this is formulated. But even then, even then, have, have the really great, has this, this embryo saved the world yet? How great is it? It's pretty great already, but what's she doing? She's looking back. He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Now she's going to shift away from just thinking about herself to everybody. Next verse, verse 50. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. And so she's shifting away, realizing this mercy is not just for me. This is for everybody. Like she's recognized her situation as a merciful situation. Not as a horrible situation. She's like, this is a merciful situation. And mercy isn't just for me, it's for everybody. Maybe she said, and anybody can get in on this. Not just now, but then, and then, and then. For, for every generation, even back then. Verse 51, he has shown strength. Again, it sounds like past tense. He has shown. But it's, it's spoken in a way where she's looking beyond this prophetic, like, in, in an ultimate way, he has shown strength with his arm, and then she starts to give some examples. Now, tell me if some of these examples sound a little bit like Hannah's prayer. He has scattered the crowd in the thoughts of their hearts. Let me ask you a question. I think. How has or Mary Maybe she's looking back. Not, I'm going to call upon, not, I'm not literally going to call upon you, so don't get nervous. But I want those out there that have read the Old Testament, and some old, what are some ways that maybe God has in the past, ancient history, scattered the crowd in the thoughts of their hearts? Let me think of a biblical story where God, like, people were like, I got, I got one popping in my head right now. We just read it Wednesday, Wednesday night. Yeah. King Ahab. Mm. So convinced himself, proud of it, right? This drug, that kingdom gone. King Nebuchadnezzar. What's that? King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar. Good. The Tower of Babel, right? We'll build a tower to God. Big one. The whole Jewish nation. So often. Let me ask you this. So, so you can look back. People that are so convinced, I don't need God. Their plans. Now, do they sometimes seem like they're coming to something? When we look back over history, we go, every time, the crowd, the crowd, scattered them in the thoughts of their hearts. The, 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 the. Mary. 
you're going to have to tell people he's conceived by the Spirit. I think she's hoping for some scattering of crowd. Is that a moment to believe something like that? Just come out like it's past tense. Does God still do this today? Absolutely. Let's look at this next one. Verse 52. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. We've already had a couple examples of those mentioned. Nebuchadnezzar was one that was mentioned. Ahab was one that was mentioned. The word mighty is speaking about rulers. Notice the connection between that one and the next and exalts those of humble estate, those that are of the oppressed. The oppressors and the oppressed. Does this sound a little Hannah-like prayer again? See this upending? Do you, do you ever look out at the world and just go, it's all messed up and backwards? One day, God will set it all straight. And I'm so convinced of that, I can say it almost like Mary does. It has happened. I, I, can, I can imagine that day down in his in future, right? Future, distant future, eternity, looking back and going, God, you had it all along. You had it all along. Now, what's interesting about that is some of you have actually had little moments of that. Have you ever had a little moment of that where you're like, oh, my world is going to crumble into nothing. It's terrible. You know, and you're like freaking out. And, and God works it out, and you're like, what was I freaking out for? Right? But then the next thing comes along, and you're freaking out again. Anybody ride the freaking out roller coaster? That's your life? <laughs> you just, it's just from one freak out to another? Do you see what Mary's? Do you see the example that Mary's setting up for us? Though, what's she doing? She's going. I, I, I'm looking back. Yeah, this is what God's doing. This is, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna fully rest in it. It's gonna keep happening. And one day I'm gonna go. He did it again. I want you to start to think. I'm gonna get to the end here. I want you to start to think about something. How is she? How old? How old did I say she might be? You guys remember what? Twelve, How's this? girl able to do that when us adults in the 21st century with all of our knowledge can't. I think there's a clue in the style of what she's done. I think this is a perfect example of one who knows the scriptures. That, that she's dug in in such a way that she's built a foundation even at this young age. And when she encounters this, she digs in in her mind about what God has done. And what he is doing and what he will do. So much so that it's verse 4 in a song of praise instead of a freak out. <clears throat> It'd be a much different passage of scripture, wouldn't it, if that's what it would have been? You know, instead of Mary's Magnificat, Mary's freak out. <laughs> right? Then we're like, well, if that was me, that's what it would have been. <laughs> right? It doesn't have to be that way. Doesn't have to be that way. Maybe we can take a, a, a cue from young Mary. Let's look at this next one here. He's filled the hungry with good things, verse 53, and, and the rich he has sent away empty. She shifts from this, right? She shifts from this. Now she's going to shift into specifically God's people, Israel. Verse 54. 
He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Remember that 400 years of silence before the angel arrived and spoke to Zechariah and spoke to Mary? This is the first time God had a long period of silence where the people finally said, the Lord has remembered us. Is that the first time? Was there any other time with long silence? Egypt? In fact, the Bible is full. You may not realize it. You may just you may read the Bible and go, and it's like one thing after another. But some of these stories, there's hundreds of years apart. There are lots of times in this Bible silence. And when God shows up, those people have been edited a long time ago have this next statement. Just in time, just at the right time. His people always go. He's remembered us. Remember, that's not that's not like God was like at, you know off like you know creating a galaxy or something. Oh, the people, you know, I gotta go back. Uh, they're they're probably it's terrible. Oh no, guys, I'm so sorry. I love you, need you for so long. That's not what remember means. He had it in his mind all along. This is a plan, and he's brought it to completion just in time. Just I know sometimes you feel like that's what's going on. You're like, God, this is at the store, and you left us home alone, and we're burning down the house. Right? Verse 55, and he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever, this specific revealing to his people. That's the next slide, I'm sorry. Actually, my two ahead. Specific revealing that God has revealed to her. That's the end of her song. This is what God has done. And then it turns and it says, verse 56, and Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Now, she was six months long, so I think she wait, she could have waited until John was born. I think because she's not in the next story of John being born, I think she waited until right to the last minute right when it was time, and I think she said, I'm going to go because there's going to be a lot of people here, and I'm not ready for this just yet. But where does she go? Into hiding? Goes home. Do you think that she probably had to rehearse this and these thoughts that she had worked on in her trip down all the way back and for the, over the course of those months that she was there? I think so. Some of us, well, let, let me tell you about some friends of mine when I was a kid. My parents were known as the Cash Boys. Okay? The Cash Boys live down the street from me. I love the Cash Boys. They're my best friends. Mike and Mark Cash are twins. Maddie Cash, her younger brother. Is it Jerry was the youngest one? Jerry Cash, he was a lot younger. These kids live their lives like free range chickens. <laughs> <laughs> They were awesome. They, I mean, yes, but, but they they prepare. Okay, so I can remember when I was a kid, like we had some big snows. A few, there's a few winters we had some big snows. I'm telling you what, those those boys, they prepared for a snow day. No, they did not. They would show up. We're gonna play on the snow. Sled. Let's go sledding. Let's go. No gloves. Tennis shoes. 
inevitably at some point in, in our time out, like, my hands are freezing, I can't even feel them anymore. You know, <laughs> like, you know, and I usually be like, come on, my mom's left the door. But there's some of us that spiritually prepare for our futures the way the cash boys prepared for a day in the snow. I see it sometimes. Here's, here's an example of how I see it. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll see people, and, and, and they're going along in life. Life gets terrible. And what's one of the things that we do? Pop into church. Open our Bibles. Start praying. And God gets us through. And what happens sometimes at that point? Bible on the shelf. Project I need to work on. Oh, thank you, Kelly. We can do church online. I didn't know you can go there. Jane Church. I might catch it later. Start to fall to the wayside. Next thing you know, it's been a month or so. You're thinking. Then what happened? What usually happens? The name six months, the name six years, what happens? Freak out, freak out roller coaster. Right? You get, you get to the top of the next hill. You start going down, and then you're screaming again. And what, what do you do? Where's my Bible? I can't even find it and grab the Bible and grab it. Some of you, I wouldn't be surprised, and this is not an insult, okay? I'm not, I'm not thinking about I'm just telling you. Some of you, if you are honest with yourselves, that's your life. Jesus, help me. Jesus. Oh, wait, no. I got it better. Oh, life is good. Life is good. Oh, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Okay, life is good. Life is good. Oh, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Oh, life is good. Life is good. Oh, Jesus, help me. I mean, that, and that's it. And you live your life from freak out to freak out. And some of you that have done that for a long time, you look like this. Let's take a cue from Mary. Maybe, instead, start digging into scripture, thinking about what God has done. Some of you need to learn the story of Hannah. Some of you need to learn some stories about David, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Oh my goodness, Joseph. So we need to learn their stories and see how God was in every single one of them. And then start thinking about even your own stories. Or, or maybe there's, there's people who are old in the faith. Not an insult, right? <laughs> old in the faith. You may not want to start off the conversation that way. Hey, you're old in the faith. But you know some people that, that seem to ride the freak out train? Maybe some of the, maybe you, you might need to just go and say, how do you do it? Seems like no matter what happens, you're like, it's okay. How do you do that? I guarantee you, the people that are like that, they're not going to go, oh, I'm just really tough. <laughs> Most of them will tell you, I've invested. Some of them have three by five cards with scriptures. They've propped up. Stuck on their fringe. 
they're, they're, they're ingraining their mind full of the word because they can go, I know the next potential freakout's coming. What can I do to, to prepare for that? I'm sick of the stupid roller coaster. And in fact, you may find the more you do this, that the, it starts to get kind of fun. And people think they're weird. But then the, the, your life starts to fall apart, and everybody's almost like, oh my goodness, that's terrible. And you're like, I can't wait to see what God's going to do! Right? You're just riding it down. Woo! And they're like, you just lost your job. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's okay, God's got it! Right? And how do people get like, I'm telling you, that could be you. This young girl, Mary, could do it. Based on what she knew from the scriptures and those stories. Based on what she was seeing happening. Thinking off into what God has promised he will do. So some of your stories, some of these things that are... Some of them don't get worked out right away, do they? Some of them are lifelong, not worked out situations. But for those that fear him... You will one day, I guarantee, your future is incredibly bright. And you will one day look back and say, God had it. Oh. Yes. I want to encourage you to start this weekend. Find a verse. Find one of these people in here that, that seems like they got their act together. I'll tell you what, they don't. They just, they just, they, they've dug in it. Who is Jesus? How does God work? And ask, well, well, tell, tell me something about God that you want. Why? I know that I, we're going to have some scripture there. Well, here's something I learned. Sometimes they'll share from their own stories. Sometimes they'll pull from these Old Testament stories. Some of those New Testament stories for us, we can look back on them, how God did those things. You'll find that those people that are like that, it's not because they were just born just super strong that don't get shaken at things. There's some people that might be like that, but I don't think any of them go here. Okay, so I'm telling you, that you will find you will find that they're going to go. I mean, it's I, I was thinking about Elijah when when everybody was against me. I was just kind of thinking about Elijah and how he felt so alone and this happened. Or I was thinking about uh, you know Hannah. I was thinking about Abraham. I was thinking about David. I was thinking about these. Or I was thinking about Paul the apostle. Or I was thinking about Jesus on the cross. And I have the scripture, and, and notice what it says here. And that living, powerful word of God will sink into your hearts when you do that. You'll, you'll start to see the change the next time that happens. You'll start to find there's less freakouts and more open ears. I want to close in a word of prayer. I want to encourage you on your way out to mingle in our wonderful, our most complete employer. Mingle purposefully. Don't walk up to old people and say, you're old and fake, right? Find the best way to approach it. Maybe you could say, hi, my name is. No. That's why we do, we're doing that. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for this day. I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for how we can look at Mary's story. And it is absolutely full of glory 
significance. An amazing, amazing story. Lord, we love it. We can look back on how you worked it out. Lord, we know that Mary didn't even know the half of the things that she would have to face. And now we have a King Jesus. A King Jesus who, yeah, he was killed, crucified, unjustly. But now he sits at the right hand of the throne of the Father and reigns from on high. Our King, reigning in glory. And one day, our great king will set everything straight. Everything that is backwards will be put the right way by our great king. Lord, let us not forget that. I pray these things now in Christ's name.